You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a frustrating night for the Atlanta Braves, a night that I would say was filled with missed opportunities for Atlanta and too many opportunities given or gifted to the Philadelphia Phillies who certainly didn't need any help and were able to cash in on some of that at least for a 6-4 victory. But as the Braves pitching staff doesn't want to be in the business of charity too often, they got a lot to clean up, I think, heading into game three of the series, which will, of course, preview once we're done kind of dissecting what exactly went wrong on Friday night at Truist Park in front of another big crowd here in Atlanta. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you hit that bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. And go ahead and hit the like button. Even if you didn't like the outcome, we appreciate you riding along with us as we discuss it just about each and every game. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jake, as we kind of struggled to come to, to terms, I guess, with uh, the kind of frustrations that this night was going to be as it went along, it felt like the Braves were close, but not quite a few times. And then it just all went sideways on the Atlanta bullpen as Jared Schuster came out of the game. Yeah, really tough night because Schuster pitched a good game. Michael Harris had a big home run, thought it was going to be a good Friday night at the ballpark. And then things just kind of fell apart with the bullpen there late. So definitely a frustrating one. You'd love to take the first two in this series and then have two opportunities to win it against the division rival. But now they're going to have to fight back and win the next two. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult to sweep a series. It's even harder to sweep these four-game series. And we know that the Philadelphia club, while they have had their struggles at times, it was not going to be a walk in the park trying to take all four of these games. But it does not take off the sting of the how-you-lose part, which is what we're going to talk about. Mm. That context is awfully important. Game number 51 of the year for the Braves. Philadelphia Phillies take it by a 6-4 score. They're now 24-27, and 27, so still three games under 500. Uh, six runs, seven hits, no errors. Eight men left aboard for Philadelphia. Braves 31-20 and 20 after this loss. Four runs, 11 hits, no errors. Six men left on base. Did have some opportunities in this game. Uh, Joe Jimenez taking the loss in relief of Jared Schuster. Drops to 0-1 while Taiwan Walker, who started it, and just seemed to be flirting with disaster with this Braves lineup throughout the night. Well, he pitched just well enough to win this thing. He's now 4-2 and two on the year. And Craig Kimbrell, congratulations to him. His 400th career save. If this sounds familiar, Kenley Jansen just did this a couple of weeks ago to the Braves. Kimbrell, though, spent a lot more time in an Atlanta Braves uniform and uh, becoming, I believe, just, what, the seventh or is it the eighth pitcher to get to the 400 save plateau? Either way, following Kenley Jansen uh, very closely, and those two might be finding themselves in Cooperstown as teammates one of these days. But I digress. Save number six for Kimbrell. Two hours, 55 minutes, 40,533 on hand, a sellout crowd at Truist Park. Let's talk a little bit about Jared Schuster because, Jake, I think I would file that under the good in this game. I know that he had some walks that led to a couple of runs there early, but three hits, the three walks, I know, and a third walk that kind of led to some of the problems in the sixth inning, but five strikeouts. And I thought he did a pretty nice job of navigating a lineup that's full of, of very difficult challenges and some very capable major league hitters. Yeah, definitely a frustrating game, but I thought there were some uh, very big positives in this one, and one of them being Jared Schuster, his third straight really solid outing for the Braves, and I think that's got to be highly encouraging. We talked about it coming in. It seems like somebody who's starting to get some confidence at the big league level, trusting in his stuff, you know, knowing how to to use it and use it in right spots, and that slider, you know, been really good pitch for him. I mean, six whiffs on 18 swings. 
with it tonight. The changeup when he did go to it was really effective as well. So again, it's just somebody who feels, you know, looks like they're starting to become more confident in their stuff and really getting in a groove. So that's great to see at a time where the Braves, as we know, really need it. He does struggle with the walks, and that was his big issue when he came up to begin the season. And you saw that a little bit here in this game, the one to Harper to start that sixth inning, you know, really kind of sparked that rally and led to him exiting that game. But again, you know, we're talking about your fourth or fifth starter here. And I think you got to feel really happy with the way that Jared Schuster has performed over these last three starts. Yeah, you do. Again, the final line, five and two thirds innings. I I feel like there was a decision to be made and a tough one, you know, for a manager that, you know, you're trying to keep a game close and you're hoping that somebody in Joe Jimenez who had shown himself to, maybe he's finally starting to be putting some things together. This was not an outing for him to remember and an even worse outing for Lucas Lickie, who came in afterwards. But kind of walking back through that sixth inning, no pun intended, the leadoff walk to Bryce Harper. He's a race on a fielder's choice. That put Nick Castellanos on base. Kyle Schwarber flew out. Then we had the pitching change with two outs a runner at first, and Jimenez came on. He walked JT Romuto. That was where you wanted to do business. You wanted that righty-righty matchup. I can understand against a dangerous hitter like Romuto, maybe not wanting to have Schuster, the lefty, face the right-handed threat again. Then Alec Baum walks after that, so both of the righty-righty matchups kind of go out the window, and Brandon Marsh, the left-handed hitter, comes through with a single to score a couple of runs for the Philadelphia Phillies and put them back on top, and on top they would stay. And the frustrations, of course, that came right after Michael Harris the second had hit a go-ahead two-run homer for the Braves to put them on top. Uh, as we talked about, and, and we'll get back into a little bit of the bullpen, I think, you know, in just going chronologically here, Michael Harris had himself, I think, a, a last couple of days that is going to be encouraging at the very least. That two-run homer was a sight for sore eyes. And if he was looking for ways to integrate some of the changes and adjustments that he's been looking to make, Jake, I would say using the opposite field and also leaving the ballpark to the opposite field should have you feeling pretty good on our list of highlights from tonight's game. Yeah, Schuster was one of the positives. I thought Michael Harris was the other one. Two hits in this game, as you mentioned, the home run going the other way, which is what we talked about. You know, he's been going the other way with the ball, with the, uh, some of his hits this year, but it's been pop ups. He hasn't been able to find that sweet spot. Well, he did on that one. I mean, it was an absolute rocket, a line drive off the bat, and then the walk that he had against Kimberly. He walked, had to walk twice in that at bat, but he did eventually yeah. walk to bring Acuna to the plate as the time run to give him an opportunity there to tie things up. So I thought, you know, some really good at bats from Michael Harris in this game. So really encouraging for him a night after he gets pulled in a big situation because he hasn't been swinging the bat well. So didn't drop his head, didn't let that get to him, came back the next night, had some really good at bats. And hopefully these are signs that we're going to see a Michael Harris break out yeah. soon. And it's crazy how that works, isn't it? You're the guy who gets called back for the pinch hitter. That guy comes through, helps you win a ball game one night. You hit a go-ahead home run the next night. I mean, that, I think, is what the Braves are expecting out of Michael Harris as he moves forward is to be the kind of player that you're not going to be pinch hitting for him that often. And Brian Snitker said as much. It's just kind of a, a gut feeling that the matchup for Darno made a lot more sense on that first game. But as we saw in the middle of a game, you're not pinch hitting for Michael Harris there. And he rewarded the Braves by hitting that go-ahead two-run homer couple of hits, a walk in this game. Great to see a multi-hit game for him. As you remember, he just snapped an 0 for 24 string. So starting to build some momentum there. Uh, putting Michael Harris aside, because again, that was one of the highlights for this game. The work of the bullpen, particularly Joe Jimenez, and of course, uh, Lucas Lipke, that kind of led to the Phillies being able to take advantage of what was a bit of a problem for Jared Schuster as well in the third inning. A couple of walks that came in to score and a triple by Nick Castellanos. 
Well, some walks by Joe Jimenez proved costly in the sixth inning. And Lucas Litke had one of probably the more forgettable performances by a Braves reliever this year. He needed 42 pitches to get just two outs. I mean, it just felt like an inning that was going on forever. The Phillies didn't score five runs or anything like that, but they were able to tack on some insurance in that inning. But you know, this kind of brings me to a bigger point to, to take Jimenez and Litke and put them out there on the table as two of the exhibits that the Braves bullpen has been asked an awful lot of this year. They've done a lot. There have been some tough nights for him. This would certainly qualify as one of those. But at this point, you kind of have who you have. And some of these guys are going to have to obviously step up. And you can't just wear out two or three other guys in these positions. This is just kind of where the Braves are. And those bullpen games, I think, even though we're kind of further removed from them, that put an extra tax on this bullpen. And like not having a Dylan Lee right now is something that I think hurts the Braves a little bit as well. Yeah, it's tough right now. Who do you go to down there that you really trust? I mean, I think that's the situation Snickers in right now. It's, you know, as you said, those are the guys that are down there and you have to believe in the history a little bit because a lot of these guys have been really good relievers in the past and you got to hope that they're going to figure something out here. And, you know, a lot of fans are probably going to disagree with me here. I thought going to Jimenez was the right call there. You got Jared Schuster, a young young pitcher who's going through a, a really good lineup for the third time. I thought it was a good move to go to the right-hander there. Jimenez has been throwing the ball better lately, but you come in, you, you got two righties to try and get, and you walk both of them, right. and then you give up a hit to the lefty. I mean, that just could not have gone worse, and he's got to execute there. I mean, yep. this is the thing. These are the guys. At some point, they have to execute, and you know, I don't put any blame on Snicker in this. I mean, those are the guys that he has, and you have to trust that either they're going to get out of it or something's going to have to change at some point. And this is just who who he has right now. And there's not a lot down there that you can trust at the moment. That inning for Licky uh, just seemed like it would never end. I mean, that yeah. was just a disaster. But seven walks in the, in the entire game for the Braves pitching staff, that's just – that's not going to cut it. Yeah, seven walks, I believe, contributed to, if I'm not mistaken, five of the six runs that ended up scoring in one way, shape, or form. Because even though Harper walked in the sixth inning was in a race, Castellanos basically took his place out on the base pass, and clearly the sixth inning did not go well for the Braves either. I feel like one other note on Jimenez and why I feel like he was the guy called on to go after Real Muto and, and to a lesser extent, Bohm was, I think Snit just kind of wanted to go power versus power there. Colin McHugh did come in the game later. He is a guy that can get some swings and misses, but this is managing the game in hindsight. Yeah, if we knew that Jimenez wasn't going to have it, then I think that you might have gone with Colin McHugh there, but then is Jimenez throwing a couple innings later and the same thing could end up happening? I don't know. These are the things we ask ourselves. And as far as the Litke inning, if we weren't doing the postcast, I would maybe be under the impression that the inning could still be going because it was a very, very long frame. And obviously, he's going to need to figure out a way to you know, get into the strike zone. There was a very long at bat with Real Muto in that one as well, which you could probably understand maybe why you didn't want to have Jared Schuster facing Real Muto. If he's going to put that kind of at bat on him, who knows, I, I guess is, is the way we look at it. Clearly, things did not work out for the Braves in that sixth inning. It didn't work out very well in the seventh inning and some opportunities for Atlanta. One for six with runners in scoring position on the night. Left six men out on base. There was a base running blunder early on by Marcelo Zuna. Uh, that was not exactly what you wanted to see. But we'll talk a little bit more about the Braves offense after I tell you about one of our great sponsors. This episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over your tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have at your chosen event. Head to the GameTime app, download that, create an account, 
and use the code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So Marcelo Zuna's base running was not the only thing that he did in this game. That was uh, a, not a net positive, obviously. It kind of ran the Braves out of an inning, if you will, but he did go three for four and hit another home run in this game, Jake. So in addition to Michael Harris having himself a good night, the May of Marcelo Zuna continues three more hits in this contest. He just seems to be showing that he is all the way back, and it was not a fever dream down in Miami that he might be figuring some things out. We're three, almost four weeks into this resurgence for him. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about potential player of the month, you know, yep. at least a candidate right now with the way Ozuna has been swinging the bat. And again, we've talked about him a lot lately, and my biggest thing is just the quality of at bats. It's You know, it's a complete player right now or hitter anyways definitely not a complete player with his defense but a complete hitter i mean he's giving you good at bats he's doing other things beside the home runs but maybe we do need to work on base running a little bit because you know looking back obviously that hurt a lot but it's about the only thing he's done wrong here over the last several weeks now yeah he has been really on his game from an offensive perspective and when you're the dh that's really what you're looking for but if you go across and look at the uh, major league leaders in home runs for the month of May. You got Jorge Soler, who's hit 10 home runs. He might have a little bit of a, a say in who's player of the month. You've got Pete Alonso, Christopher Morrell, Aaron Judge, and oh, Marcelo Zuna is there as well as he continues to just pulverize baseballs here this month. 11 home runs now on the year, and the Braves certainly needed the production from wherever they could get it because they have had guys like Harris struggling. Austin Riley went through a long dry spell as well. And obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. can't carry the team every single night. He had rare 0 for 5 for him in this game. But it's just one of those days where sometimes other guys have got to step up. And unfortunately for the Braves, they just weren't able to string enough of that together. And some of these walks, self-inflicted wounds, I think is the phrase that we uh, would put on those. You just don't see that too often. Seven walks, five strikeouts for the Braves. Pitching staff is a weird line. Yeah, that's something that stood out to me as well. And all five strikeouts came from Schuster. And I think if you're looking at this bullpen and there's just not a lot of swing and miss. And to your point, Jimenez has been one of those guys that can get strikeouts. And I think that's probably, as you mentioned, why Snicker went to him there. You know, Chavez is not somebody that's going to rack up the strikeouts, nor is McHugh. So again, it's just, you know, that bullpen right now, there's just not a lot of a swing and miss to help get, get you out of jams. Again, Jimenez is somebody that's been able to do that. Kirby Yates, surprisingly, maybe to some people as well as somebody who's got a lot of strikeouts this year and some swings and misses. He's just struggled with the walks, but it's just not a lot of dominant type of relievers coming out of the bullpen at the moment with A.J. Minter not performing. Iglesias is there. Nick Anderson is there, but those are about the only two. Yeah, it's been a very short list as far as reliable relievers are concerned. You know, bell to bell this year, Nick Anderson has been a revelation for the Braves and helping them out, particularly with mentors struggling so much. And clearly getting Iglesias back is a big deal for this bullpen. We kind of felt like it might be up to speed at this point, but unfortunately, uh, that's just not to be. So the Braves with a tough one on this night, a 6-4 loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. So now we will turn our attention to Saturday, which, of course, is game three of this four-game series. Charlie Morton looking for win number six. He's 5-4, 361 ERA. Zach Wheeler, Braves have faced him plenty in their battles in the NL East against the Mets and against the Phillies. 3-4 and four on the year, and ERA just over four. Jake should be a lot of strikeouts on tap, I would assume, for both of these lineups if Charlie Morton has got the curveball working and if Zach Wheeler has his high-octane fastball and his very good breaking stuff going as well. 
Yeah, looking for Charlie to bounce back. A rough one on Monday against the Dodgers was spotted to a 4 nothing lead and then uh, quickly saw that evaporate against that good Dodgers lineup. But the Phillies are a team that chase a lot. They're second to last in chase percentage this year, and we know Charlie Morton, when, as you said, when that curveball's on, he can get a lot of, mm-hmm. of chases out of the zone. So hopefully it's a nice bounce back outing for Charlie Morton. Hopefully the Braves can uh, take one up in the series and look with, uh, to, to win the series on Sunday. Yep, they still got a chance to win this series very much uh, in play. The Braves will just have to figure out a way to play a more complete game, maybe something akin to the first game of this series, which went extremely well on Thursday. Uh, you know, and Charlie Morton, I think, other than that, you know, a speed bump he ran into against the Los Angeles Dodgers, had really been trending in the right direction, and his curveball has looked about as good this year as I think any year, and he's throwing it harder than ever before. So if he can have that going, I'm sure he'd like to have a little redemption for that NLDS start that was not what he wanted against the Philadelphia Phillies the last time he faced him. That is out there as well among the many storylines for Game 3 of the series. 4.10 p.m. Eastern time, Charlie Morton against Zach Wheeler as the Braves and Phillies meet for Game 3 of this series. That'll wrap us up here on the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the final score, it was the Phillies 6 and the Braves 4 as this series is now even at 1. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time here on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 